Welcome to Beyond Body Mass, a podcast designed to create conversation about balancing career, fitness, travel, and living life to the fullest. We're your hosts, Virginia and Chris, and we're the owners of Body Mass Gym and Body Mass Composition Testing. We hope this podcast encourages you to step outside your comfort zone and start creating your ideal life. All right, everybody. Well, welcome back to episode 17. Um, A few guys paid attention on Instagram last week or tried to tune in for a podcast, you realized we didn't have one last week. Um, We were actually out of town traveling, and we thought about maybe pre-recording one and then posting it, but um, we just kind of wanted to keep things more real time. So this week, we're actually going to be talking about the trip we took last week for about eight days. Uh, A lot of people had a lot of questions um, because we posted pictures and stuff on social media it looks very unlike where we actually were. Yeah, I don't think we even said it yet, but we went to northern Michigan, uh, Mackinac Island, and then like the Upper Peninsula uh, with a stop in Traverse City. And I've been there one time before, but not to the extent that we did this time. And it's, yeah, we basically took a week and did a road trip all through Michigan to the different Great Lakes. And yeah, fun. and we'll talk more about like why we did that, but if you haven't been up that way it's a mind-blowing place of you feel like you're in some caribbean island or yeah it feels like you're in a totally surreal place not the midwest yeah not uh not upper michigan really really close to canada so very cool trip Uh, and we're excited to share the details of it with you guys yeah it's interesting as we kind of told people what we were doing or where we were going i think there was two reactions from people it was either why the heck would you go to michigan or people who went to uh, University of Michigan or Michigan State who are like, oh yeah, isn't Michigan so great? But you know, people in Michigan don't want other people to know how great it is. So those are kind of the two reactions. Selfish people. Yeah, right. Well, well, we're here to spill all the secrets and (laughs) tell you everything about kind of why we went there. So um, like Chris said, we went to Michigan about five years ago for uh, my cousin's wedding. But do you want to kind of tell people just a little bit about what that was like? Yeah, so we... Went to, the wedding was in Traverse City, so if you're looking at a map of Michigan, it's on the Lower Peninsula, about three-quarters of the way up, would you say? Yeah. Three-quarters of the way up on the west side of the state. Um, so the wedding we the wedding was in, was it in Traverse City? It was in Leelanu County. I think that's a county of yeah, so it was on, on Lake it was, Leelanu. Yeah, it was uh, about 30 minutes away from Traverse City, and we stayed in... A smaller town right by it. It's hard to get Airbnbs up there. Yeah. But I think it was Northport or Omida or was, was the that where it was or Sutton's Bay, I thought. Sutton's Bay is yeah. south of it. So it goes Traverse okay. City, Sutton's Bay, and then um, like I think it's Omida or Northport are the two towns that are above that. So western side, three quarters of the way up. We stayed at this house. My little sister found it. So basically, she got a house for all of us, and we just showed up like not knowing what to expect. And we flew into Lansing, and then we drove a couple hours to get up towards Traverse City area. And when we got to the house, it was right on Lake Michigan, and it had a pier that went out in the water, and I was like, how on earth is there water this blue that's not in the Caribbean? Like, it just, it was mind-blowing to me. I just had never seen anything like that, so that kind of piqued my interest of that area. Yeah, and the 
the western side of that area also has these massive sand dunes. Um, yeah, we'll talk about all that. We'll talk that. more about. So the wedding was at an old farm, and they had the wedding in a barn. It was very, very cool, right on the lake. You could see the stars. Virginia still kind of talks like about it. There's like a million stars in the sky when we were there at the wedding. Like, I've never seen so many stars. Yeah, so in not the much uh, light pollution. So, it, based on that wedding, we've always wanted to go back and see more of that area. And then uh, Virginia and a lot of her travel research always kind of highlights that area someplace that you'd want to go i would like to get a lot of credit for this trip because yeah. i think in every other podcast we talk about we're like chris does all the research chris yeah, does Nor- all that this was all me northern michigan would not have been on my radar yeah yeah i don't think you did yeah. any planning not in a bad way i just don't think i think no I did yeah all i was just along for the ride yeah um so there's my credit for travel planning if you guys have travel planning questions you can ask me as well and in the interesting part of it is there in the Upper Peninsula, there really isn't anywhere to stay. There's kind of run-down motels and stuff, but Virginia decided that she wanted to be a camper, even though neither one of us knows anything about camping. Uh, so we figured with COVID and social distancing, what what better time to uh, attempt to It's attempt a time to, to be creative and <laughs> different. Like, if all things were norm this year, we would not have done a camping road trip through Michigan, so... That's but are you glad we did it? Oh yeah, yeah. I would totally I, different. I would I want to go back next summer. I I thought it was a very cool area and I want to see more of it. So a big reason I decided yeah, Chris keeps talking about already planning other trips there. Um a big reason I decided that I wanted to camp. Well, I've always wanted to camp, but I did not. I <laughs> I just get overwhelmed with the process of it. And I just growing up I never camped, so I don't even know like where to start with point A. Um, So I talked to one of my friends, Kelsey, who camps a lot, and she kind of walked me through the important things like, you know, how to make coffee in the morning. That's what I was very stressed about is where did I get my coffee from in the morning? Um, But anyways, I talked to Kelsey about it, and actually my sister and brother-in-law have a lot of camping equipment. I don't think they've ever actually camped, but but they have like, I mean, everything. there was no real kind of set starting point or set ending point. I just had started to look at different campgrounds. And there's a few things that I kind of learned along my trip is, number one, well, we knew we wanted to spend at least one night with our friends in Detroit. And we just assumed based off of geographically where Detroit was, that was either the start of the trip or the end of the trip. Yeah. So we made that be the end of the trip. Um, and then we knew we wanted to go, I knew we wanted to go up to the Upper Peninsula um, area and like up through the sleeping bear dunes so i just kind of looked on a map and i was like okay this road goes here this road goes here so then i started to look at campsites along the way um so do you want to kind of talk about our itinerary first or do you want to talk about kind of the what we learned about camping along the way uh talk about itinerary first all right so um we So to get from D.C. to kind of Traverse City area, it's about 11 hours or so. So we made a pit stop on the way. So that was our first night of camping um, was a pit stop along the way. We had driven about five hours, camped, and then drove another like six hours the next day up towards Traverse City area and then camped again. So the first two days were mostly driving and camping. um, But on day two, when we were up in the Traverse City area, 
we went to a place called Sleeping Bear Dunes. So western coast of Michigan is on Lake Michigan, and there are these massive, massive sand dunes that kind of go up the coast like, I don't know, what do you say, like 300 feet, 500 feet up the coast? Yeah, I think it said up to 400 feet. Yeah, yeah. they're huge. And they're basically at 45-degree angles. Like If, if that, maybe, yeah, maybe more maybe steep. steeper. Yeah. Um, so we'll be posting a lot of pictures on Instagram so you guys can kind of see what it looks like. But you drive up and you, you take a hike up to where kind of this overlook is for the sand dunes. And we were in... Mexico and St. Thomas last winter and it was I mean to me the water looked the same did it look the same to you yeah I mean like uh, it's like Caribbean maybe not the same color but like in that same impressive way yeah it's a color that you don't see again on the east coast and again I think just like Great Lakes I feel like are very underrated for what they are I mean just from our experience of this oh yeah yeah it was very each one was unique in its own way yeah but it was it felt like you were at the beach it felt like you were at beach towns every, yeah everywhere you went yeah mean, or an or or an or like an oregon or, beach town. it was interesting because there was a lot of um greenery like there's a lot of pine trees and then sand and then the water so you get this mix of like deep rich greens the light you know bright tan of the sand and then these like shades of aqua to deep blue of the water it's just i mean it is surreal yeah it's very i think like other than oregon and maybe tulum there's very few places that i've been where it's like forest or jungle and then all of a sudden it's beach or like water like so it's it's very cool in that sense of you it quickly turns from you feel like you're in the middle of a forest to all of a sudden you're on like a beach town. So I, that was like one of the most unique things I've seen. And like you said, the, the water is like all crystal clear, blue, blue, green in the pictures. If you're someone that enjoys taking pictures, it's been some of the coolest pictures I've ever taken just because it's green. And And where you hike up to you're you're up at the top of the dune. So I feel like a lot of the places when you're in the Caribbean, it's really flat. It's not mountainous. So you're there and you're like eye level with the water, which it doesn't make it less impressive. It still is beautiful. But when you see it more from like this, like way up, perched up high bird's eye view, um, you just get insane views. And it's like jagged outcrop, so you can walk out onto like an outcrop and then take a picture down, further down the The shoreline or coastline and get really, really cool angles. So for someone that enjoys taking pictures, I thought that was, it was one of the best places I've I've been to take pictures. So we went to Sleeping Bear Dunes. Uh, You know, I think the whole area is called Sleeping Bear Dunes. The hike that we did was called the Pyramid Point Loop. It's a little it's a little funny because you get once you get up to the overlook, like it's a regular hike through the woods. I think it was only like a mile or two to get up there, right? Like it was pretty short. Um and yeah, we could probably a mile. So caveat with all of this, we had the dogs with us on the road trip. So that definitely changed some of the things we could do because there's some hikes at certain places where dogs aren't allowed. Um, but this one at Pyramid Point, there was uh, it was dog friendly. So it was like a regular hike through there, but then you get to this overlook which is beautiful but then you can take these kind of like like sand trails i mean it's you took off your shoes and walked yeah. barefoot i think i kept my sneakers on it was filled with sand after but um it feels but like you're walking on sand you're walking like the on the beach yeah, yeah. yeah and there's like trails everywhere and nowhere at the same time if that makes sense it's kind of like you can forge your own trail 
anywhere you want to go. Um, but you have to be super, super careful if you're there because all of a sudden it will just be like a straight drop off of 300 feet. I mean, not straight. You can, people, there were people there that were like, went down the sand dunes and were playing in the water, like went down to the lake. And I think it said, what did the sign say? Something so it may, like, may take you two hours to get, yeah, two a hours. couple seconds to get down and two, two hours, hours to, to get, get back, back up. up so. Yeah. So I don't know if I necessarily recommend doing that, but to see the vistas from up top is beautiful. And you can, like Chris said, kind of walk through the sand dunes like you're along the beach and just get different angles and different views. So we did that. Um, hey, what was the town? Glen Arbor. Yeah. So we've been there before to the sand dunes when we went for the wedding a couple of years ago. And we went to, through Glen Arbor. And went to a different area of the same. Went to a different dunes. area. But this time we went through Glen Arbor again, and I really remembered the town. It's a really cute town. Yeah, it seems like kind of almost like a funky little Cape town. Yeah, we grew up going to Cape Cod a lot, so a lot of things that we reference, I feel like, are in conjunction with Cape Cod. And a lot of it reminded me of Cape Cod. There was cute little places you can kayak and bike rentals. So Glen Arbor, if you guys are going up that way, I would definitely check it out. Little cafes, coffee shops. And there, I looked, when I was looking at Airbnb stuff after, there's lots of Airbnbs in that area and you can just yeah. get a bike and ride down there. So great area, lots of hiking, yeah. the lake. Um, and then we kind of cut through Traverse City. And in Traverse City, we stopped and grabbed lunch. But we also went to one of our body mass members, Jane, has a friend who owns a coffee shop in Traverse City called Espresso Bay. Um, and it was, do you remember, what did you have? Chris had like a cold brew cherry protein. Shake, yeah. So it, it was, was very, it was unique. It was cold brew with protein powder. And I don't know what the cherry was. Yeah, it's just like a flavor. So Michigan, if you guys don't know, Michigan's known for their cherries. They have just like a ton cherry of... Cherry everything. Cherry, yeah. yeah, whatever. So so lots of cherry themed. So I actually bought, I bought four bags of cherry, I mean, uh, four bags of coffee. One that was cherry blossom flavored, one that's uh, black cherry, one that's cherry something else, and then one that's not cherry. But uh, But it's really, really good coffee. So if you guys are in Traverse City and you're a coffee person, definitely go to Espresso Bay. It's a really, really good And coffee. Traverse City is like a legit town. So mm -hmm. don't think of it as like, you know, a little hole-in-the-wall town. Like, yeah, yeah no, it, was, it was a pretty big... I wish we were able to spend more time yeah, there. We I would didn't. like to. What, what other towns does Traverse City remind you of that we've been to? <sighs> it kind of reminded me of Hood River a little bit. Maybe bigger than Hood River, but yeah. just like down with the water and then the way that there was like the main road and the town went up. I don't know. It just yeah, I don't, really, Hood River, I don't really have anything to compare it to, but it's right on the water. It's pretty commercial on the water. Like there's parks and uh, like marinas and all that type of it's stuff. It's like a good mix of like family meets hipstery. Yeah. And then the, there's like a main street and they block the street off from traffic so you can walk up and down it. And it's just all kind of shops and restaurants. Yeah, I wonder if that's a COVID thing or if that's a... Yeah, I don't know. Dude, that's a good question. But it, it was cool because there was a decent amount of people out. But because the street was blocked off, you could kind of putz around and, and see everything. So, yeah, it, it was a very... All the Michigan towns almost seemed like it was like... It's like something like straight out of like a Patagonia or REI yeah. like catalog. Is it and I bet in the winter it like feels like a ski yeah, town I, I with the snow. I'm sure they get a ton. It's again like kind of hipstery coffee shops, bookstores, 
um, but then it's mixed with like kayaking and boating and winery. So it, yeah, it was very, it was a very cool town and all the towns around it that we drove through all kind of have that same vibe. It's very like outdoor driven, but it, it's on the higher end side of, uh, of the retail stuff. Yeah. So I, 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 I want to go cool. back. Yeah. I feel like it's a fun place where you could just like hang out in that area for a week and just kind of relax, like kind of like what a Cape Cod. Yeah, spend a day in this town, spend a day in that town. So then we drove up, I think the the road is called the M22, but it's like Michigan's really scenic highway. You want to talk about the winers? Well, that's where we drove up to go to. Oh, okay, okay. So we drove up this M22 to get to the wineries. So one thing that I kind of learned about when we were there before, but we learned a lot more about it, is there is this entire um, peninsula that kind of goes up into, what is that bay called Traverse Grand Traverse Bay. Bay. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure the name of the actual peninsula, but they have all these wineries up there. So again, having the dogs with us, it was a little bit challenging to find dog-friendly wineries. Um, but there was one I had found online called, I think it was called Briss Estate. Um, and it was so beautiful. Like pulling up to it was, you just have like the green and then you have the, the like cute little farmhouse at the winery and then like the bright blue water in the background. Um, and then when we got there, we realized that since COVID, they changed their rules and dogs aren't allowed. So, but the woman was really friendly and she's like, oh, down the street is, um, what's it called? Bowers? Bowers. Bowers Estate? No, that was Briss Estate. Bowers Hill? Bowers Harbor. Harbor. Bowers yeah. Harbor Vineyards. Um, and so we ended up going there. Yeah, so the first place, the first place I would want to go back to because the view is crazy amazing it was like this cute little white barn building with a red roof and it's just like the for me who loves black and white and gray the colors are just really vibrant and i love that uh believe it or not yeah lizzie <laughs> and then so but the um the bowers harbor which was right down the street from it. There's probably like 10 wineries up in that area. Yeah, there's a bunch. Uh, was was just as cool. It was more in like a wooded setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was also fantastic. And we didn't have reservations. Apparently you need reservations. Yeah, which I've never really but they, of. But... Yeah, but they took care of us and let us bring the dogs. Yeah, we gave... walked in and the woman's like, oh, you have dogs with you. And she gave us dog water bowls like two dog water bowls and bottles of water for the dog like it just really caught me off guard that they were that welcoming yeah they were very cool very welcoming and the wine the wine was really good and we ended up buying a a bunch for our uh for our friends and employees yeah um but yeah it was it was just like a great place to kind of hang out and just something unexpected in michigan so i think you i mean there's people as we were leaving there were more people you know, with COVID stuff, I didn't ever feel nervous there because they had everything so spaced out. So we like sat in an area where there was probably yeah, they did a good job. nobody within like a hundred feet of us. Yeah. Um, but as we were leaving, there was like definitely bigger groups that were coming, like more bachelorette party stuff. So I think people there do a lot of like winery tours. Um, and I feel like it would be a great area for like just a girlfriend's getaway too. Yeah. Like if you want to go somewhere with your girlfriend's. Um, the winery, the water, the cute little towns. It's a really, really neat area. So definitely recommend checking out Traverse City area. And for D.C. people, I think one of my clients said they do a direct flight from, I think, Dulles to Traverse City. Mm. Yeah. So if, That's you want good to know. To, if you want to do a long weekend there, you could absolutely and do it. And there's a ton of other cute little towns that we didn't get to along the way. If we were to go back, I would want to spend way more time checking out kind of the 
northwest part of the lower peninsula. Agreed. Yeah, the I think that Michigan. there's a lot to do there. Yeah. So that's beautiful. So then we ended up kind of driving northeast-ish along the coast and then cut over to um, a town called Mackinac City. So we got to Mackinac City probably about 5 p.m., and that's where you board the ferry to go over to Mackinac Island. So if you guys haven't heard of Mackinac Island, it is a small little island. Kind spell, of spell Mackinac for them. M-A-C-K-I-N-A-C. Somehow there's a C. But Ma- Mackinac City is N-A-W at the end. Yeah. But Mackinac Island is N-A-C at the end. It's interesting. I don't know why. Um, but it is a cute, cute little town little island but you have to take a ferry there and you can't bring cars so there's no cars on the island so basically we pulled up to the ferry terminal unloaded our stuff we went and parked in kind of like a long-term overnight parking for free the parking was for free too yeah the parking was free and they have a little shuttle that comes and picks you up and takes you right to the dock I want to say the ferry tickets, I don't remember, but I want to say it was like 30 bucks each or so. Yeah, that's so somewhere around there, like cost 50 something total. It wasn't um, Starline? Oh, it's called Starline. I think that's the only ferry service, okay. but they leave from Mackinac City and then also St. Ignace, which is in the Upper Peninsula. So if you were to drive across the bridge. Um, but the ferry ride over <laughs> was a dog's first ferry ride, so that was exciting. Took about 20 minutes. Or yeah, so. yeah, give or take. So it's pretty quick. Um, and when so when the boat docked at Mackinac Island and you got off, I don't know. I don't know if it was just because I was on a boat or what it was, but it made me feel like I was like on the Titanic, like getting off the Titanic or something. Yeah, it felt it felt like a it scene, felt like you're back in time. Felt like a scene from an old, a movie about like because it's yeah. all horse drawn carriages. So in order to get people's luggage from the boat up to their hotels horse-drawn carriages pull up and there's people like pulling carts and because there's no and it's kind of just like a madhouse like there's yeah there's just a lot going on there's people trying to find the bikes that they've reserved there's yeah there's porters taking people's luggage there's horses yeah then there's people like going to the restaurants and yeah stuff that's right there so yeah it, it does almost seem like straight out of a movie of you're arriving in the new world yeah it was really interesting um so the, when you dock, you kind of come into the main area of Mackinac Island, and we stayed at an area called Mission Point Resort. So again, because we had the dogs, um, it was we were more limited with the places we could stay. But on the island, what? How big is the island overall? I mean, I want to say it's something like ten miles circumference yeah, or something. Yeah. It's not that a would large make sense. island. It was probably from one end to the other. Like from the Grand Hotel to Mission Point was, I don't know, a mile and a half. Yeah, it probably takes like 30 minutes to walk. Yeah. So there's basically the town in the southern portion and then in on kind of like, I guess, more the southeast portion is where we stayed called Mission Point Resort. And then the southwest portion is this huge hotel called the Grand Hotel. And I think those are probably the only two big resort hotels there. And then the rest is like bed and breakfast, like really, really cute bed and breakfasts. Um... But the thing that I loved about it is they had flowers everywhere and it was just, it's such a quaint place. So, um, it just felt nice to be able to kind of walk around there. Yeah. It's a good, it's like a good mix of history because you feel like you get a good picture of what the island was like, 
a long time ago. Back, I mean, the, the island was originally fort. settled in like the mid 19th century. Like it's pretty old. Yeah, right, it was, wasn't it? Or even early. Earlier, because it was a fort for the British in the War of eighteen twelve. Yeah, so so, so yeah, it's, it's old. Seventeen hundreds. Yeah, and the fort's still there, which is very cool. And they maintained a lot of like the charm. I feel like. Yeah, but it's it almost felt like not going down. It felt like New Orleans. Like again, I we use the Cape it's, comparison. It yeah. almost feels like New Orleans meets, meets the, the Cape. Cape. Yes. Yeah. It was, um, you know, there's these, like with these all homes the have these big porches that you can sit on, yeah. which felt more New Orleans-y, but all the flowers made it feel like the Cape and like the, how quaint it was. Maybe, yeah, maybe the houses are the all either white or like kind of pastel and colored. perfectly manicured. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Like every blade of grass is perfectly cut. Um, but it's a beautiful area. So we... This was our first time staying at a hotel since COVID. And I actually, I felt totally comfortable physically being in the hotel um, and around there because it was so big. The, the resort we stayed at was like really spread out and it has a huge lawn out front, which is where we basically hung out most days. So we would order food and bring it out to the lawn and eat out there. So yeah, they have, from a COVID standpoint, I felt totally comfortable. So it was an old mission and school so there's like the main resort and then a bunch of outbuildings and it was a beautiful resort, but they have the huge lawn where they just put Adirondack chairs. And this is how it works even when it's not COVID, but they just have Adirondack chairs all out on this huge lawn and you can just overlook the lake and kind of move around, hang out. And they have a couple restaurants out there, like in the restaurant or, I mean, in the resort or on the lawn. And you can just grab drinks or get a bottle of wine from the store at the at the resort and just hang out. It was great. It was beautiful. So we originally had planned to spend one night in Mackinac Island. Um, and then, you know, Chris had had enough of the camping. So we ended up spending two nights at Mackinac Island. We just asked if we could um, get a room for a second night. So we got we spent two nights there, which, again, that was just kind of like low key. And it just felt nice to sleep in a bed after we'd camped for two nights. Yeah. Um, but then we took the ferry back towards Mackinac City, and then we drove across the Mackinac Bridge into the Upper Peninsula. So when we got to the Upper Peninsula, we went up to this area called Tequaminon Falls, which is an area that was, um, it's kind of like directly north of, of the Mackinac Bridge on Mackinac, or excuse me, on the Upper Peninsula. Um, and we did a hike to the falls, but it was a more commercialized hike. It was more like a viewpoint yeah. than it was actually a hike. We yeah, had kind you, of hiked down a little bit. Yeah, you could pull over and see it in 10 minutes and move yeah. on if you really wanted to. Yeah, we went down a trail a little bit and hiked down a little ways. Oh, no, that was somewhere else. Never mind. That wasn't there. Yeah, we just went on the hike. Yeah, we, we just, just went, went on the, bo- on the, like the boardwalk type. But it was, it was beautiful. Um, it was interesting because the the falls are kind of rust color, and I forget what it was from, but it was some type of mineral deposit. Yeah, right? it was whatever whatever type of rock it was going over yeah. turns it that. So it was really neat. It like looked like a rust color fall. So that was cool. So I definitely recommend going to 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 Tequaminon Falls. I think I'm saying that right. Tequaminon. Better than I can do so. <laughs> um, and then we stayed that night. We stayed at a campground around there. Um, and that campground that we stayed at was really neat because it was right on Lake Superior. So it was right in this little bay on Lake Superior. And um, you could just, we just walked like right across the way, like through um, this little trail to get to the water. And it was, we brought our chairs there and we just kind of like set up. But it is wild from when we were in Traverse City where it felt, you know, like 
summery shorts and t-shirt weather was probably like low 80s to and the first night we came it was super hot um to we got up there and do you remember just like being on the water just how aggressive the wind was yeah you lake michigan was relatively calm every time we've been towards lake michigan it's relatively calm but superior and huron were especially superior yeah and superior they a lot of ships crashed there. Oh, so we went to that Whitefish Point. Oh yeah, yeah. remember so, that yeah. what, that uh, lighthouse? Yeah, so Whitefish there's a, Point. There's a lighthouse up there called Whitefish Point, and there's kind of lighthouses all dotting the coast of Michigan. Um, so this is the north side of the Upper Peninsula, and they call it the Shipwreck Coast because there are all these ships coming from Canada and Wisconsin and moving back and forth, and it's just the winds are so bad, the yeah. waves are so bad. And it's so rocky. And I think there's like a, not a sandbar, but a reef that goes out a mile into Lake Superior that ships would crash on. So it's called the Shipwreck Coast. And you understand And when you get there, you you feel like you're, I mean, it feels like the ocean with how much waves waves and the wind. And so we walked along the beach there. This is the other thing with a lot, like we had talked about the sand dunes, but a lot of the beaches, the actual beaches are super rocky. Not all of them, but that, remember where we went by Whitefish Point was really rocky. Um, And they had all these massive, massive pieces of driftwood, like huge pieces of driftwood that had been washed up. And it was, it was just such a pretty, pretty place to walk around, but definitely chilly and cold. But I recommend going to that Whitefish Point lighthouse and walking around there. It's really pretty. Um, but yeah, so then that night we had stayed at the campground on Lake Superior. It's kind of crazy because when we were hanging out on the beach at the campground, you could see Canada across Lake Superior. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. cool. You're like, oh, there's Canada. We're not allowed to go there right now. But but it was kind of cool to see that. Yeah, it was very... Again, they're also all the lakes are so different. Yeah. And I thought that was the most impressive in terms of its how massive it is and then you can feel the impact of, of the yes. waves and the wind and yeah, it, it was cool. And then, so we were setting up the campsite and then where we were, you could kind of, like you could see the sky a little bit through the trees and it was probably like, like nine o'clock, nine fifteen, and Chris goes, oh my God, look, the sky was this neon hot pink. So we decided to walk how far away was the beach? 50 yards, maybe. Yeah, three so we decided to walk like that to get to um, the beach, like grabbed our cameras, went there to go see the sunset to take pictures. And by the time we got there, the sun had already completely set and the sky was back to blue. So it's kind of a bummer. But um, the next morning I actually got up and took pictures at sunrise, which is pretty. But the one thing I was really hoping to see in Michigan, you can up in the upper peninsula, you can see the Northern Lights. Yeah. But it was, we didn't see them, I think at certain times of years, of the year, but the, um, it was really cloudy the whole time we were there, so we didn't even see a lot of stars, and, you know, sunrises and sunsets, I think, weren't as drastic as they could have been, um, but still, it was that, that campsite that we were at, um, do you remember what that area was called? Let me look it up real quick. Not Bayview. Oh, Bay Mills. Bay Mills, yes, it's yeah. called Bay Mills. And it was just a beautiful um, area to be like right on Lake Superior. So that was what where we spent that day. And then the next day we went, um, we drove more west towards uh, 
this is was where I really, really wanted to go, but it's called Pitchard Rocks National Lakeshore. Um, and so kind of like Sleeping Bear Dunes, there's a bunch of sand dunes that kind of go down the side of Lake Superior. And there's some really neat little um, outlook areas where you can kind of pull over and take pictures, more of kind of the scenic overlook type of places. Um, but we actually did a seven and a half mile hike there's a few other hikes that looked really pretty that I really wanted to do that unfortunately were not dog friendly. They're more like 9, 10, 11 mile hikes um, towards, what's it called? I think Mosquito Bay and Chapel Mosquito Rock, Bay, yeah. um, which we did not do. But um, we went, uh, we did a, a seven and a half mile there and back hike to, what was that log? Call it the log slide. The log slide. But it's basically like a massive sand dune. Yeah. So you go the first couple of miles to this really, really pretty lighthouse. What was that Al- lighthouse called? A.U. Sable. Yeah, uh, Al Sable. Al Sable. Al Sable Lighthouse. Yeah, the um, log slide is just past that. And then you walk past, so it's about a mile and a half to get to Al Sable, and then another two miles to the log slide. And it reminded me a lot of Sleeping Bear Dunes, where it's like just these crazy sand dunes, crazy views in this like really lush, soft sand. Like they had the same warnings there. If you go down, you've got to figure out how the heck to get back up. And it literally said like, rescuing, rescuing you is very expensive. We don't like rescuing people from down there. Don't go down yeah. there, is <laughs> the warnings. So, so we did not go down, but we enjoyed the view from the top. Um, and then hiked back. That was a really fun. Yeah, hike. that was a really. Yeah, it was really called a log slide hike. Um, if you guys use an app called All Trails, a lot of these you can just type in there and find the hikes, and it gives you like the starting point GPS to the starting point distance, elevation, uh, kind of terrain pictures, all of that. So that was the Ausable Lights Lighthouse and Log Slide hike, and then before we had done the um, Pyramid Rocks at Sleeping Bear Dunes. Um, but yeah, we did that seven and a half mile hike, which was long enough for us. Saw some of the overlooks at, what was the overlook area called? I'm going to see what it's called. Miners. Um, Miners something. I'll tell you. So Mosquito Falls and Chapel Falls was the hike that we couldn't do because that's dog, not dog friendly, which was a little bit of a bummer. Um, but we ended up going to, yeah, so we did the Ausable Light Station. And yeah, so it was called Miner's Castle Trail. Yeah. It was the trail, but it's like Miner's View. And then there was a place down below called Miner's Beach. So as we were kind of coming back, you could see all these people down at the beach. And I think that's one thing that really kind of caught me off guard that I wasn't expecting was how many beaches there were. Yeah, so. and not beaches like in the East Coaster sense yeah. of like big long beaches but kind of little outcroppings outcroppings they're sandy but again it's so pretty makes it's, you feel again kind of like the caribbean or something yeah it reminds me of saint john like all when of a sudden, we went like, to the yeah. u.s virgin islands national park that's what it made me yes, think of yeah 100 percent. which is so funny because you're in northern michigan yeah um so after we went to pictured rocks national lakeshore we kind of continued along that upper uh the northern part of the upper peninsula to lakes like across lake superior to these two towns called Mon- Munsing and Marquette. Mar- yeah, Munsing. and Marquette. Um, and they have, you know, those are just kind of cute little, again, little hipstery, older towns. Yeah, they're definitely mining towns. Yes. That have kind of been reinvent- reinvented themselves as kayaking and boating 
uh, and hiker towns. Again, remind me a lot of like Oregon. Yeah, yeah. And, and they have breweries and distilleries and wineries and all that type of stuff, and then kind of cool little boutique. What group. was the the uh, brewery that we went to? Called Or O R E. Yeah. Uh, so we picked up some stuff there. Yeah. So again, it kind of feels like it's the snow ski board uh, ski crowd. That is going there for the summer. Chris and I said it almost reminds us of like when we were in the towns of Banff and Jasper in the Canadian Rockies. They're like it was Jasper. a little bit yeah. like that. Yeah, more like Jasper than Banff. Banff like was still clearly a uh, industrial town, and they haven't. They don't hide from that. It's not super commercialized, but they've done a really, really good job of making it uh, kind of a destination point and putting some kind of cool boutique restaurants and in, in uh, bars and breweries in there. So that, definitely like a, another place I'd like to go back to post COVID and, and walk around more um, yeah. and see and see more of that stuff. And we went to a small little town up there called Ishpeming, which apparently is where my great grandmother is from. So my mom was telling me that my uh, grandfather, my maternal grandfather's mom, is from Ishpeming, and up there they have um, like one of the big food items is called a pasty, which is basically like a meat pie that was originated in England, came over to Michigan, but my great-grandmother used to make my mom pasties. So I got a pasty up in Ishpeming, which my mom was very excited about, but um, you guys might know I'm on prep, which means my diet is really strict, and eating something like that that is so heavy. I had a couple bites, and it's just very rich. It's like potatoes, ground beef, onion, rutabaga. Rutabaga, yeah. And that's it, in a, in a crust. So it's delicious, but... A couple bites was was all I could handle with my pasty there. Um, But then that night, we drove down to the southern part of the Upper Peninsula, right near Lake Michigan, to an area called Indian Lake. Um, And we stayed at a campground there, which was way more of a commercial campground, which we'll do a whole episode about, like, the actual camping. Yeah, Um, it was just, like, what I pictured camping. Like, what I pictured camping being. It's just, like, lots of RVs. Everyone right on top of each other. And you're other. not spaced out. All the other ones were more in the woods. Yeah, this you, one was you listen the, to the cars come and go. Like, yeah, it just, night. it wasn't really enjoyable. Um, but the lake it was on was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And then the reason why we stayed there is the next morning was, I really wanted to go to this spring, this fresh spring, or maybe it's not a fresh spring, but they call it big spring. It's called Kitch Itty Kippy. It's K-I-T-C-H hyphen I-T-I hyphen K-I-P-I or something like that. I'll post pictures, but it's this super, super clear spring that's about 40 feet deep. It has these huge fish in it. And it's just like this like green water that I've never seen. You can take this like man-powered raft across the spring and back. And they have an opening in the middle where you can look down at the fish swimming below. It was really, really cool. Yeah, some again, like the clearest water I've ever seen. Yeah, it was beautiful. The people who, who were there had, had done it before said that wasn't even like a really clear depth. Yeah, they said it looked murky. And I was like, how does this look murky? Yeah. Because uh, I like, yeah, reach again, down and like, grab a fish. Other than Caribbean, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. It was surreal. Um Yeah, so we did that, and then we actually just ended up driving down to Detroit. So from where we were in the Upper Peninsula to Detroit was about, like, six hours. Detroit's, like, way kind of southeast um, Michigan, and we spent the night with our friends in Detroit who gave us a little bit of a rundown of the city, but, you know, we walked around a lot, 
And Detroit is an interesting city. I feel like I really want to go back when it's not COVID and experience a lot yeah, more. Yeah, everyone who we've like talked to and they said, oh, we stopped in Detroit. They're like, oh, I feel like Detroit. And that would probably be my original opinion of it. But I thought it was like a, cool a very, city. very cool city. It's like what Baltimore should be, but isn't. Yeah. Like they've, a lot of the buildings, and people could correct me if I'm wrong, but are kind of went up in the... Like 20s, 20s right? Like when Detroit was huge. Yeah, uh, the rise of the automobile. So it's all auto offices. I think Shane said at its peak, there was two and a half million people, right? Yes, it was like bigger than, land-wise was bigger, I think, than like LA, Chicago, and uh, some some other big, New York combined, I think. Yeah, and now it's only 600,000 people. But they've done a really good job, again, like the rest of Michigan, of not like hiding from like the origins of the city right. like the buildings are still these old buildings they're really cool looking old but buildings. they've done a really good job of repurposing them as residential and then mm-hmm. on the ground floor turning it into again boutique cool restaurants and yeah. bars and coffee shops coffee shops and it's very really neat coffee and it's shop very there. walkable they've created a bunch of green space I, I was very, very impressed. Not that we spent Where our friends live, they live right near the stadium. So all of the stadiums, like sporting venues, are all right close to each other. Like, it's not like D.C. where you're like, oh, Nat Stadium is over here and the Verizon Center is over here. And you have to drive out to Bum F for FedEx Field. Like, they're all right next yeah. to each other, which is, I think, I imagine when sports are a thing again, like, that creates a really neat vibe. But, yeah, that's, like, again, in it's we realized how close it is to Canada. Like, I, I mean, I pride myself on geography, but I never realized, like, how close is to Toronto. Um, and so I think post-COVID, I think that would be kind of a cool dual trip is to do Detroit and then go up to Toronto um, and, and see that. But, yeah, Detroit, very, very cool city uh, in the brief uh, 20, not even 24 hours we were there. But I would love to love to go back yeah. and see more of it. I was I thought it was very very cool. Yeah, I think it'll be better once it's not COVID time. You yeah. know, just to be yeah. able to like go to more places and see more places. So that's kind of on our to do list. Um, and then we drove back. What was it eight hours, eight hours or so from yeah. Detroit to DC? So if you're somebody who's not opposed to driving, it's really not that bad. Like Chris and I don't really mind driving. Um, I don't know. So for us, I didn't really feel. Yeah, especially there's no. I mean, I don't know if outside of COVID this would be different, but I wouldn't think so. Like once you get into Michigan, it's all, it's all just easy driving. Yes. Your main roads and they're not busy. There's not traffic, so it's easy to do that, and it's pretty. So you get the. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's very beautiful. So, yeah, definitely, definitely recommend road tripping through Michigan hit up some of those places we talked about we're going to talk a little bit more in details about our camping experience and uh, some of the other places that we went on some more detailed podcasts but that's kind of the general overview of our summer 2020 vacation Michigan road trip (laughs) something that was very not planned um, but something that Again, Chris and I have already been talking about, like, we want to go back next year. We want to spend more time in certain areas. Um, and I think that's what's fun with doing a road trip is it gives you a sense to see different areas. Like, you get a little taste of this, a taste of that. And then you're like, okay, I want to go back and do more of this. I don't need to do this. Like, Yeah, it was a good... Yeah. good like, I'm okay a, with not doing any more Upper Peninsula. Yeah, to get a sample size of yeah. everything versus having to commit to staying there for, like, a week or something. Yeah. 
yeah, we like that little sample platter. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Again, if you don't follow us on Instagram, I'm going to post a bunch of the pictures there. So just at Beyond Body Mass. So you can catch all of our Michigan road trip pictures there. Um, but stay tuned for more details about some, uh, some of the travels and upcoming episodes. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.